Hello and welcome to episode number 117 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B-Thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And on today's show, the last one of 2020, what a year it has been. We have the story of a few different teenagers and how their lives are a little bit different because of both COVID and social media. And I hope everybody had a good Christmas. We're counting down now to New Year's, where we're going to have a lot of fun on the No Agenda stream, no question about it. But I think everybody is happy to be bidding adieu to the year that is 2020. I mean, you combine COVID with the presidential election and all the insanity that's going on that keeps being driven by social media. And that's what one of the stories we're going to talk about dives a little bit further into. But I hope everybody did have a good Christmas. I had a good Christmas. It was boring, but sometimes boring is good. Didn't see the usual family and friends, stayed home, stayed away. My mom going through chemo, of course, so we didn't want to take any chances there whatsoever. She's doing good again for everybody that's asking and sending out the prayers and the karma and the well wishes. It is all very much appreciated. She's doing very well and is down now through two of the 12 chemo treatments and is looking forward to getting to April of next year when hopefully things can start getting back to normal. I mean, for everybody, this is where we're looking at the COVID vaccine. We're looking at restaurants, hopefully starting to open up once again, and people aren't afraid to go outside and do things. I mean, for me, the restaurants I can do without because I can cook better than most restaurants, unless you're spending you know hundreds of dollars going to someplace like Gibson's here in Chicago. I can't make a steak that well. They have special machinery, and they have uh, the ability to cook these things at temperatures that I can only dream of. So that's one thing I'm craving is a good Gibson's steak. But otherwise, I've gotten pretty good cooking at home. Air fryers are awesome. We've had one for a year now. And I have to say, shake and bake is is really your friend when it comes to chicken breasts and I figured out now how to make the perfect chicken sandwich, which is to uh, take a chicken breast, kind of just pound it down. If you have like a mallet or you can do it by hand, then what you do is you take a little bit of mayo and you rub the chicken breast with the mayo, then dredge it through the shake and bake mixture. I like to add a little extra chipotle pepper, make it a little spicier than what you get right out of the box. Then you put that in the air fryer for about 20 to 24 minutes, depending on the size of the chicken breast. And that is about as close as you can get to a fried chicken sandwich without actually having to fry chicken and deal with the oil and all the badness that is that, that uh, I'll take it as a substitute. So I don't mind cooking at home. I'm getting better. I can make omelets. I will say I've gotten way better at that over COVID. Instead of just the normal scrambled eggs, you get bored. So you start getting a little fancier. And I know some chefs go, you know, a year just on learning the proper omelet technique. And it is a little bit voodoo and you don't want to beat the eggs too much. And some people like to put a little bit of milk or cream in. Guys like Anthony Bourdain, the late great Anthony Bourdain, were like, nope, no cream, no milk. You just beat the eggs and just a little because you still want to have not a 
completely homogenous color. You still want to see a little bit of the yolk. You want to see a little bit of the egg white, and it's all kind of voodoo. But after you do enough testing and figuring out what works and what doesn't, uh, it's just about repetition, trial and error, like anything else. I do miss the leisurely walks through the local comic book store. We still have those around here, so that's nice. And they're still around, so that's good. Seems like they will make it through this whole COVID thing. A lot of small businesses won't. And we wish everybody that has a small business well getting back on their feet and getting back to normal. When it comes to the COVID, we have a story of a local 18-year-old girl that unfortunately has passed away due to COVID-19, which I know this is an outlier and everybody will call this the fear porn and all this kind of stuff. But it's a legitimate story. This happened, and she may be one in a million, one in a billion. But the reality is, this kind of stuff is happening with this particular virus, which is why all precautions need to be taken because you don't know. I mean, most likely, you're not going to be one of those people. And I'm sure this girl's family, Sarah Cementel, thought that she wasn't going to be one of them either. It's another case where I don't know if we're ever going to get the full story because this seemed a little bit on the outlying of the COVID spectrum as well, not only just because she was 18 years old, but because this kind of came on and ravaged her system very quickly. It sounds like she dealt with about a week of a headache and vomiting, and then within a week after that, she was dead. and. We've known older folks who've had COVID who have passed away and it took weeks and weeks and weeks. So this was definitely an accelerated case. I don't know if this was something, again, more extreme. She had no pre-existing conditions that have been put out there that have been disclosed. We may find out more later. I mean, a lot of times when something happens to somebody of this age, we see it even with athletes in high school or college that end up having a heart issue and passing away or something like that. And you find out that there was an undiagnosed issue. So we'll follow this story and see if anything more comes of it. But either way, just a tragic situation and our hearts go out, thoughts and prayers to the girl, her family and all of her friends, the high school she went to just down the road here, the closest one actually to our house. So this one is hitting a little closer to home than most. And again, this is just a warning for folks to take this virus seriously. I mean, you still have to live your life and you still have to understand what the risks are and that a vast majority of people that get this do not have these severe symptoms. And a lot of it, again, goes down to getting treatment, to doing things that you can in order to protect yourself, not just the usual crap that they're spewing, which is very questionable when it comes to social distancing. I mean, six feet's really not a magic number. We know that there are vast limitations to the masks people are wearing as far as their ability to stop something the size of a virus. My mom recently had a conversation with our general MD. That's our, my doctor's the same as hers. and. He told her this is what he is doing, and my mom thought it was a little humorous because this is basically the list of things 
that my wife and I have been telling her and anybody that will listen as far as what you can do to protect yourself from the coronavirus or any virus, really, because your immune system needs to be strong. And there's a few things that seem to help quite a bit. But this was the list that my doctor gave my mom. And of course, she has you know other limitations right now because of the chemo. But overall, he said elderberry substitutes, which I've been taking that for a while. I mean, the, the syrup is yummy. My mom likes the gummies because they're like little bits of candy. But the elderberry supposed to do a nice job with your immune system to keep that strong. The quercetin, which is spelled Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N. My wife swears by that. She's been taking that. I don't because if you're on any kind of blood pressure medication, you should really check with your doctor before taking this one because it does lower your blood pressure as well. Uh, Next on the list, vitamin D3, which was something at the start of this. My doctor told me, you know, hey, start taking a little D3 because, you know, I'm a podcaster, not really out there in the sun a whole lot. And besides, even when the sun is out in the summer, when it's not coronavirus, yeah, I burn easily, don't really like the heat. So I avoid the sun. Vitamin D3 is vital when it comes to this virus and probably pretty much any virus. But there was a paper that came out recently with some experts, doctors, scientists, and that that believe nine out of 10 deaths may have been able to be prevented if people had enough vitamin D3 in their system. So this is really seeming like an important thing. And I'm not hearing anybody on the mainstream media who will yell all day long about masks and social distancing mentioning vitamin D3. And I don't know why. Either they're ignorant or they have a different agenda going on. Either way, I don't know. I don't care. This is the information. And this is why we're passing it along to you. Zinc is also on the list, which is a part of my regimen for years now due to some of the vitamins I take for my eyes, which is part of the A-Reds too. Zinc is in there. And this you also want to check if you're taking any supplements What's in each one of them? You don't want to overdose on any of this stuff either because that's bad as well. But zinc is also on that list, as is vitamin C. Good old vitamin C. Either drink your orange juice or take your supplements. And that is the list that my doctor told my mom. This is what he's been taking throughout this. And this is what he recommends. And I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm just letting you know that this is what I've heard. And you may want to go out and do your own research about elderberry, quercetin, vitamin D3, zinc, and vitamin C, because they all seem to do a good job at protecting you from getting the virus. Or if you do get the virus, keeping it at a level that is just a cold rather than you wind up in the hospital unable to breathe. All of these things are available as supplements for very small amounts of cash. This isn't the big bucks that Big Pharma is looking to make on the vaccines and on the treatments. This is all stuff that you should be able to get at your local health food store, pharmacy, whatever, Amazon, God forbid, Walmart, wherever you want to go. 
And as always, consult your doctor before you're starting to take anything different if you're on any medication or have any conditions and all of that. But beyond COVID, there is still some stuff going on, and it's related to things we have talked about in the past in regards to freedom of speech and in regards to deep fakes. The first story is one that is going to go to the Supreme Court of the United States, which is the case of a cheerleader in Pennsylvania that took to Snapchat a few years ago to express her frustration in vulgar terms, as the article goes on Breitbart, for not making the varsity cheerleading team. I guess somebody shared a screenshot. As you know, all your friends, they'll turn you in. That's why you can't trust anybody. Took a screenshot of a post she made to Snapchat that led to her being suspended from the cheerleading squad for one year. The post was uh, her flipping the bird along with the text fuck school, fuck softball, fuck cheer, fuck everything. Now that got back to the school and that's what led to her suspension. Her parents then sued the school district for the suspension and the United States Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit ruled that the suspension indeed did violate the girl's First Amendment rights by trying to regulate her speech while off school campus. In urging the justices to hear the case now, this is the school district is pushing for this, which is why it's going to the Supreme Court of the United States. The school district says they need a definitive ruling on what school districts can do to discipline students for what they say when they are away from school. I mean, I think it would be obvious. You can't do a damn thing. But of course, this is the time of COVID. So the school district says, quote, the question presented recurs con- constantly and has become even more urgent as COVID-19 is for schools to operate online. Only this court can resolve this threshold First Amendment question bedeviling the nation's nearly 100,000 public schools. And again, I don't really understand how COVID comes in because now they're going to start saying, well, you know, when you're at home, you're really in school because this is where classes are going on. And this is the epitome of a slippery slope. When it comes down to the freedom of speech, I believe students should be able to say any damn thing that they want when they are away from school and not have to worry about getting in trouble in school. But what we have now is a system where a lot of communication happens digitally, which unlike when I was a kid and in school, that means most of the things that people say are in text format or they're on a video or something like that, that can then be shown to somebody in, you know, the power, if you put that in quotes, but they take their power very seriously over at some of these schools, I think. And they can take what the person said and hand this over to somebody at the school. And of course, well, if they see it, then they're going to have to do something about it. So it really changes a lot of things where logic may say it shouldn't. This is still schools are treating things differently. Uh, The school district goes on in their brief with Quote, whether a disruptive or harmful tweet is sent from the school cafeteria or after the student has crossed the street on her walk home, it has the same impact. Ooh, 
impact. The Third Circuit's formalistic rule renders schools powerless whenever a hateful message is launched off campus. So, yes, the school district here is basically saying, screw your First Amendment rights. You have no right to say anything that might be hateful. And we want to control your speech, whether you're in school, whether you're out of school. It doesn't matter. They think they own the kids. If they're currently a student, that anything they say anywhere, it doesn't matter. Kid goes on vacation halfway across the world, says and posts something. Well, the school should still be able to have some kind of punishment available for those students. I mean, the school district's right on the fact that something can be posted to social media and have an impact on the school. There's no question about it because the people you're interacting with, it doesn't matter where you post it, but that doesn't mean they should have the right to be able to punish or censor the students for anything that they say at any time, day or night. And if we allow that, then we're really just looking for even more problems than we currently have. And we always see how this stuff is framed. We have whenever a hateful message is the wording that the school district used in their brief. And of course, this is going back to the same thing I've been harping about over and over again about bullying, which is freedom of speech is freedom of speech. It really shouldn't matter where you are, what you're doing. You have the right to say whatever you want. Now, you'll say, well, you can't tell a teacher to, uh, you know, F off to their face, that there would have to be some kind of punishment for that. So then the question becomes, well, if you post F off to a teacher on Snapchat, even if you never think the teacher is going to see that, should that be treated in the same way? This is where social media is going to totally disrupt the lives of every child alive today and uh, moving forward. And it already has for the last few years, which is what the next story talks about. But before we get to that, this is an interesting conundrum for the people that like to make rules, because once you start putting rules down, where does the school day end? Now, if somebody's on a Zoom call with their teacher, and tells them, you know, to F off, well, then that's part of school, even though they're at home because they're taking part in a school activity. And it is a slippery slope, no question about it, but the school has some right to some kind of disciplinary measures as they always have, except when I was in school and probably when most of you were in school, we didn't have to worry about social media or things coming out and being brought to a teacher. It would be a very rare case. Back in my day, that somebody would have said something and somebody would have caught it on tape and brought it in and handed it into the school like, hey, did you hear what little Jimmy said? So I guess there's really two things to look at in this case that the Supreme Court will hear. And that is, first, should the cheerleader have been suspended at all for saying, you know, F school, F softball, F cheer, F everything on Snapchat, which is something completely unrelated to school, except that the message got to somebody at school. And then the question is, well, what punishment really fits the crime? Being suspended from the cheer team for a year for one post on social media? That seems extreme because a lot of people say a lot of stupid things. And I don't think anybody should be penalized massively 
for one slip of the tongue or for one little outburst because we've all gotten mad before. We've all said things to people, even that you really, really like. You get mad, you say something, and five minutes later, you're like, you know, I, I didn't mean that. I, you know, you just try to push your button. This was just a girl letting off some steam, saying, screw everything. And because somebody on our Snapchat list was obviously a narc, that got back to the school. But it does raise some interesting points. The Supreme Court, I'm hoping, will come down with the freedom of speech is the freedom of speech, which means this girl can say whatever she wants. And I believe social media posts by something like a school run by the government should still be treated differently. A student that's blowing off steam on social media shouldn't be the same as getting in a teacher's face and swearing directly at them. But the Supreme Court's got a job ahead of them, and we'll see what they come out with in a ruling on this one. It's going to be interesting either way, because I see both sides. I mean, I think it's ridiculous that it's gotten to this point and that the schools want this much ability to go after kids for what they're doing on social media, which also means if you're a parent, tell your kid, get the hell off of social media. If you're going to be on social media, then don't use your real name. Of course, they want to take pictures and then you can see who they are, which will lead us right nicely into this next story, because it is another story of social media and repercussions for something that was posted years earlier. And of course, in this case, the woke New York Times seems to revel in the case of a high school student. Her name, Mimi Groves of Leesburg, Virginia. She was recently forced to withdraw from the University of Tennessee as a result of a smear campaign. That's what Breitbart is calling it, and I'm going along with that. Launched by one of her classmates, she was pressured to withdraw from the university after a fellow student that she knew in high school, Jimmy Galligan, who seems like a real dick. Let me tell you, Jimmy Galligan. Dick. He shared a three second video from 2016 of Ms. Groves singing along to a rap song and using the N word. The short video, which I think they said it was like three seconds long, was Ms. Groves at 15 years old, a freshman in high school, singing along to a rap song. This Guy, Jimmy Galligan, holds on to this video for over three years and then releases it in order to do damage to this girl's reputation and to her life, which he has accomplished. The New York Times glorifying this, even though this punk ass kid, Jimmy Galligan, says he doesn't regret any of this. He says, quote, if I never posted that video, nothing would have ever happened. I'm going to remind myself, you started something. You taught someone a lesson. Well, Jimmy Galligan, I hope you never get a job in your life. I hope you never get to make more than minimum wage sweeping up floors, because I don't know any company that would hire somebody that would do this to... A then, you know, now 18 year old girl, then 15 year old girl singing along to a rap song. One, why this even has any meaning to people at this point 
that somebody singing along to a rap song will ruin their life. So kids, if you're white kids out there, I just want to let you know, never buy a rap album. God forbid, never sing along to any of the songs because I don't see any of these artists coming out to back you. You know, the ones that make millions of dollars making the music, encouraging you to sing along. We've seen issues of this in the past, I think, with Kendrick Lamar and a white girl comes up on stage, sings along. He gives her the microphone. She sings the words as they were written. And everybody's like, racist white girl. No, you're morons. That's not racism. You have no idea what racism is. But why white kids want to keep buying rap music? If you can't sing along to the lyrics of your favorite song and you're going to be called a racist, then stop paying money for the music. Stop being fans of the music. Where are the rappers that should be coming out and going, hey, we love everybody that likes our music. We love everybody that wants to buy our merch. We love everybody that shows up to our concerts. And if they want to sing along to the words that we wrote, I don't care what color you are. It's insanity, folks. Insanity. And good work, New York Times, in glorifying some dick that takes a video of a girl at 15, waits three years, and then decides to ruin her life with it. Again, she was expressing no hatred. She wasn't calling anybody the dreaded N-word. She was singing along to a rap song. But this is 2020, folks, and that will get you deplatformed. That will ruin your life. So again, the only thing I can think of is never learn a rap song, never buy a rap song, never listen to a rap song, and make sure all the rap artists know that all the white kids are going to be checking out here because they can't enjoy their music without being feared. I mean, you're going to be a racist now if you actually like rap music, which seems a little backwards to me, but pretty much all of 2020 has been pretty much backwards. Not the reaction, though, of a woman named Chloe S. Valdery, the founder of Theory of Enchantment, which is an anti-racism training organization. And she is a black woman. She says, I don't use the N-word out of respect for my elders, but the hip-hop community brilliantly reappropriated it by turning it into a euphemism for man. You can't exude the coolness of an art form and then act all surprised when people who don't look like you want to be a part of it. She's absolutely right. So when the little white kids want to start singing along, you really shouldn't be surprised because you've made this cool. And then you're trying to keep it. It just never makes sense. She goes on saying, I have no problem with white people saying it within that specific context, even if it makes me uncomfortable. And the idea that a term that was used to call a human being less than has been turned into a euphemism for human being is spellbinding. And I thought, you know, wow, this seems to be a fairly rational response from somebody. But of course, then you see like two tweets down, all the people, oh, this woman, this Chloe S. Valdery, she's a conservative who's rebranded herself as anti-racist. You can go look at Prager U. She's a conservative. So, I mean, here's where we are again with 2020. Screw all this Black Lives Matter stuff, because Black Lives don't matter if you're a conservative. The liberals are very clear about that. So this isn't a black and white thing. This is a political thing through and through, and that's never going to change until more rationality comes to the table. And I really, I want to know, 
rappers, where are you? Stand up and say, hey, you know what? It's okay for all the white kids who are paying all of our salaries to sing along. It's okay. Where are you, rappers? This is a perfect opportunity to show the world that you can actually make a difference and get the hell off this train that we're on that somehow makes a word, which is just a sound, a series of sounds that you're giving it this much power. It's absolutely insane. They're just words, people, sticks and stones, but they're ruining people's lives. The Supreme Court has to get involved with the one case. And now we have a girl whose college dreams maybe went down the tubes here because some dick decided that he was going to share a video of her singing along to a rap song using the N-word and ruin her life. And it worked. Oh, my God. I don't understand, one, how the New York Times is still around, and two, I don't understand how everybody, upon hearing this story, didn't, I mean, there should be colleges everywhere offering this Mimi Groves a full ride to come to their school after this, and there should be, everybody in the world should be looking at Jimmy Galligan and telling him, we're not going to allow dicks like you to do this kind of stuff to anybody, ever. It's not right. Let's try to bring some sanity back in 2021. I'm not going to hold my breath, though, but we're going to keep ranting about it here. I know we got a little little ranty today, but I know some of you like that. We get a little passionate about the things we talk about. That's what we're doing here on the Random Thoughts podcast, and we appreciate you coming along on the ride with us. We appreciate you supporting the show. We do work on the value for value model, which means we put these shows out there And if you get anything out of them, it's up to you to decide. What did you get out of that show? I mean, you might pay five bucks for a latte that you drink in 10 minutes. Well, what was this show worth to you? Was it worth five bucks? Was it worth 10 bucks, 20? Doesn't matter. You get to decide how much value you got out of the show. And then you go over to Random Thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com. You can click the donate button, make a one-time donation, or you can set up a monthly donation. You can use the QR code if you want to do the Bitcoin thing, or you can use the P.O. Box address, which is becoming my favorite thing at this point, because as of yet, we can't be deplatformed from a P.O. Box. I mean, maybe that'll happen at some point, but it also means that you can set this up at your bank. Anybody that has a bank where you can do the automated payments that you could pay your bills, you can put in our information and have the bank send a one-time or a monthly, whatever you want. I mean, banks will probably do it weekly if you want. And when it goes that way, the bank just sends us a check, and there's no PayPal in the middle. There's no Patreon in the middle. Nobody in the middle to take a percentage. So 100% of your donations, when it goes via check, comes into the show, and that is always greatly appreciated. But we do have two executive producers for today's show. And we want to thank them. Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley comes in with $50. He said he was just another grumpy old Ben. He sent in a donation for grumpy old Ben's, and we appreciate that as well. So thank you, Sir Sean. And we had $33 come in from Dick Shoot, S-C-H-U-I-J-T. I'm sure I butchered your name. And nobody ever wants to correct me. I think there's something that people like when their names get butchered or just hearing podcasters who are absolutely clueless on how to pronounce certain names. 
Either way, Dick, we greatly appreciate your contribution to the Random Thoughts podcast. It helps us keep the lights on, the microphones humming, everything sounding good. And we did have a donation in our name also to the Salvation Army a couple of weeks ago. I just saw this in my email, got kind of miss miss uh, filed from our buddy Harry Hamster. So thank you, Harry Hamster, for making a donation in the name of the Random Thoughts podcast. That is also very much appreciated. Thanks to everybody for listening. We appreciate your time. We know there's a lot of things you could be listening to or consuming, and we appreciate that you're listening to the Random Thoughts podcast. Let's hope that there are better things to come in 2021. Hey, that rhymed. I will be back on Wednesday with the first episode of Random Thoughts for 2020. <laughs> 2021. I can't speak. Until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. Random Thoughts.